Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode is appropriate for all ages. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Animation Communication. I'm your host person, KP, or I love Kim Possible a lot. If you're new, please don't ask me about it. Um, I know it's weird. Um, <laughs> with me, as usual, is Lauren, the co-host person lady. Say hi, Lauren. Hello. And uh, this week, our guests have been kind enough to give their opinions about the headlines in animation news before the actual segment of the, the episode. So in case you don't know how to read, this is online voice actors. So what I'd recommend you do beforehand is we did a professional voice actor um, version of this, essentially, with Kira Buckland, who's also neat. But um, I think a lot of people, you know, especially outside fandom, don't know that doing voices online for either, you know, original projects or, um, you know, other standing IPs, you know, just for funsies is even an option, especially because you don't necessarily have to be in L.A. to do that. You can just be anywhere, assuming you have good audio. Please have good audio. So I'll let them introduce uh, themselves first, and then we'll get to the news, and then we'll get to the actual thing that you guys care about, which is the discussion of the of, of what they do on the Internet and uh, what I asked them to do without any context. And they're just like, okay, KP, sure, <laughs> I, I don't get it, but it's, it's fine. So... Um, Whoever wants to go first. Um. Uh, Hi, I'm. Br- oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Brittany. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brittany Ackerman. Um, I've been doing voice work in the My Little Pony fandom for about eight years now. Uh, yeah, I just like to do the voices and stuff, and it's always fun to collaborate and work with people. So, yeah. What are you most known for specifically? Oh dear, I'm going to pick on you. Um, I'd say my most well-known projects are probably Pony Girl by Tridashi, where I voiced Rainbow Dash, and Fighting is Magic, where I also voiced Rainbow Dash. Yeah, you just you're just the general Rainbow Dash person, right? <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like, Dance Monkey, give us your best. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to ask. <laughs> um, have you done any non-horse projects, just in general? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple. I did a few comic dubs, um, some being like uh, Zootopia as Judy, or um, I, I voiced Wendy for someone, you know, like Wendy's Wendy, red hair like, Wendy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, was it Peter Pan Wendy? <laughs> no. No, red hair, redhead oh. Wendy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I definitely am uh, hoping to pursue it professionally as well. That's always good. And um, the, our second guest, you might recognize him if you follow us on Twitter. Please follow us on Twitter because we give, like, I, I just downloaded a meme app on my phone. So I've been just going a little crazy and been sending memes to everyone. So <laughs> I've been posting memes on the Twitter. It's not important. Um, so Narrator does our voiceover stuff for our promos and fancy things. So Narrator, why don't you talk about yourself and what you do on the Internet? Hello, everyone. I'm Narrator Pony, spelled with a stupid horse pun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, primarily known for my um, uh, for my work for my voice work in the the Brony fandom as well. 
Oh, well, so what kind of what voices do you do um, usually? Because uh, like, I know you have a, a very big range. I'd like to think I'm pretty versatile. I, I, I started off doing mostly Big Mac, just a lot of lot of yips and nopes. You guys want to <laughs> hear the you guys want to hear the uh, the 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 uh, you guys want to hear the casting call for every Big Mac uh, for for every Big Mac comic ever? It's just a yep. Sure. Nope. Those would be the lines. <laughs> I'll send those in for, I'll send those in as for the for the audition, and then I get the script, and it's just yep and nope. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and for people who don't horse, let me backtrack. So uh, Rainbow Dash is part of the the main cast. Uh, she's one of the six main ponies. Uh, she's the blue one. Um, you know, she she has rainbow in her hair. Do you get it? And Big Mac is the um. Yeah, is Big Mac younger or older than Applejack? Older, older. he's the older brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's the older brother of Applejack, who is another one of the main cast. So there's six main horses, and then Big Mac is um, Applejack brother, essentially. He's he's I don't know. He's he's known for in the show for basically saying only one or two lines, except in rare occasions where he gives like whole sh- speeches, mm. and it catches people off guard because they're just like. When did he be able to talk so much? And, you know, that's yeah. kind of, they use it for dramatic stuff. Okay. And so we're going to do the news first. <laughs> so, Lauren, what um, has been happening in the news also? I don't think I gave you a chance to introduce yourself again. What, me? Yeah. Uh, no, you said. Did you say hi at yes, the beginning? Yes, I said hi. It just, I, okay, I, just didn't, okay. I just didn't do an odd hi like I, I usually do. But <laughs> mostly because okay. I'm like, I have to really think about those. <laughs> Um, but anyway, this itch, this week, uh, we got a few headlines here. Uh, first of all, Sponge on the Run, the new SpongeBob movie, uh, just got its Canadian release uh, this past week, and uh, USA still uh, got to wait till 2021. Uh, so uh, just uh, just more waiting. That's fine. It's fine. Unless you pirated, except don't do that. Except we're not condoning illegal behavior, people. Please. <laughs> To whoever is listening, if you're in the government, I promise you we're not doing that. Yeah, um, I don't pirate. We, can't, we also can't stop you. Truck. So. Just nothing but salty, saltwater pirates here, yard. Sometimes, <laughs> you're on, sometimes you're on the internet and you say, oh, look, it's a movie. Well, I can't leave it there. Somebody's going <laughs> to snatch it up. But, yeah. And then uh, in our next headline... Uh, for Disney Channel's uh, The Owl House show, uh, they recently had an episode. It was called the Grom episode, so it's basically like prom. So it was about a school dance, uh, but it basically had a, the reveal of uh, Disney Channel's first bisexual pro- protagonist. Because yeah, we we had a uh, fantastic dance slash battle sequence where uh, the pr- primary character Luce, if you guys watched the show or whether you do or not. Uh, and one of the other characters, they had this like amazing dance sequence uh, where they were uh, basically battling a monster by dancing. And uh, but yeah, it was basically the culmination of their, uh, I guess you could say, uh, enemy to friend to something more relationship over the pa- over the you know the past several episodes of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's been uh, a lot of talk on on the social medias about it. So I think that's pretty cool that we're getting a, seeing a lot more representation going on in shows. The more and more, and uh, yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, 
question. I'll add my two cents. Sorry, um, quick question. I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Uh, as someone who hasn't seen the show, do I understand correctly that the bisexual character's name is Luz? Yes, L U Z. Like, yeah, L U Z. Like almost like a like loose like light. I guess ah, you like could say the, the Spanish word. Yes, I speak yeah. a little I, Spanish. Yeah, it's a she's Hispanic, so she's Hispanic and bisexual. You got you got both of the two. So um, I've been watching L House uh, passively since it's come out, and I haven't been really impressed with it so far, only because it's really establishing itself, and usually that's really the awkward time in the show, in any show's run, is just kind of getting used to the characters and kind of getting past those first, like, they had a body swap episode, and I'm just like, really? But then, you know, that helps develop the characters. So two things I wanted to add before I, like, let everyone jump in about their opinion is I think it's really interesting that for a lot of times for like Legend of Korra and for She-Ra, they have to confirm the the, the um, LGBT plus relationship at the end of the show um, because I guess it's less of a um, an issue that way from what I understand or it's just like, well, the show's over now so we don't have to worry about anything else. Um, so I think this is, the, correct me if I'm wrong, Correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, but I think this is like one of the first times in American TV where the um, the show decides to introduce that like relatively early in the relatively early in the run. Yeah, which I think is interesting um, that we're getting to that place uh, progressively, and it's also been hinted a lot that so there's Lux and and Amity. So Amity is played by um, what's her face, lady who plays Katara. <laughs> um, um, starts with an M. I'll think of it mm. like later. But anyway, so she plays um, Amity, and it's been hinted that she she has like loose up until this point. Like there's a lot of, in case we're stupid, there's been a lot of obvious like blushing moments and stuff like she's that. Got, but she's I got guess, major sundere and energy. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially. Um, but anyway, um, so this is the. But I guess the Grom episode. It, they're not a canon couple yet. But no. it was the first time that it was very black and white that at least Amini has <clears throat> feelings for Luce because she was going to ask her to the Grom prom thing. And it was, you know, it very much implied to be romantic with all the blushing and like the nervousness and the fear of rejection versus if they were going as friends. I don't think it would be that big of a deal. So and then there was another episode that just came out that I haven't seen, but Twitter won't shut up about it, essentially, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Um where it's even more obvious where, like, there's there's scenes where, like, Amity's like, oh, my God, you're going to be in athletic wear, sweating, every... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh in, in cute outfits, in shorts, sweating. <laughs> we we broke them. So, anyway, um, but, yeah, and I think it's really smart, too, if you can get away with it, because I think because that representation, it gives a different highlight on the show. So people that might not be interested in the Owl House beforehand, they're just going to be like, oh, but they're doing this thing that I support. So maybe I'll watch it now. So I think it's it's really good for all those reasons. Okay, That's everyone great. else, who has opinions? <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the show. I don't have much more to offer than that. I'm sorry. Good, yeah. good job. I support the decision. Yeah. Uh, Brittany, are you watching the Owl House? I am not, but that sounds really cool. Um, I definitely really appreciate representation in our media. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Let's I think that's really lesbians. cool. I think I think it's really cool. I think it's funny that this happened the same year that we had that whole controversy in uh, in Onward 
about like the like the point five seconds that one character mentions they have a girlfriend, <laughs> and, and then everyone is like, ah. But I guess too, you know, maybe it's, there's a point to be said about how in animation it might be an easier sell than theatrical releases, especially because there's no movie theaters right now. So yeah, so TV animation is gonna TV animation is more direct, I guess, and um, and I I do recall that the the creator of the show. A showrunner too. Uh, she, uh, I guess, was faced with potentially like originally. Uh, you know, Disney execs were like, "We're not. We don't want this to happen, especially so early on in the show." But they ended up doing it anyway. So I think that's cool that she still got what she wanted in the end and got that representation. Plus, it's. It, it, I guess in a way, it's like an extension of her because she's bisexual. So, uh, so she was hoping for that representation there, and uh, and she got it. So, <laughs> yeah, I personally, I, I, which is I'm a win sorry. for everybody. <laughs> I was about to say, I personally think that it's awesome that she's bisexual specifically, since they're very, um, well, the bisexual community has a really hard time with uh, mm-hmm. both both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, from both so. sides. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good that they're getting the representation that they deserve. Yeah. Yeah, and I will add, too, that um, Luce herself hasn't, from my understanding, um, she's just been kind of going along with it, but she, she's she been confirmed as bi on Twitter, and then Amini is into her, whether she is bi as well or just re- regular gay, or but, you know, I think it's, um, like... The, the, the vibe that they're going is Luce is blissfully unaware of all this stuff that Amity is feeling and all the time she's blushing, blushing and she's just like, oh, 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 Amity's just my best buddy who, you know, is, is neat, you know? So, I don't know. I think there's kind of a charm in that angle, too. Yeah. It's, it shows her naivete and innocence, and I think it's like, I think that just, again, I think it's just adorable. And she's just, you know, her personality type is, is just so darn enjoyable and likable. That you're just like, you know what? Yeah, you know, if, if, if this is how we string it out for a little bit, fine. Totally fine with that because <laughs> she's just so darn charming. Pure, pure bean. Okay, and then I guess uh, one last uh, headline we have here we'll go over really quick. Uh, Amphibia, one of the other new shows on uh, on Disney Channel right now, relatively new. I guess it's had, it's in its first st- season, I think, still, or maybe it's second. second. It's already second? Jeez. Okay, yeah. Um uh, is that they just had a Gravity Falls crossover slash homage episode where Alex Hirsch, who created Gravity Falls, and was uh, and he voiced, uh, I believe, uh, Grunkle Stan and Seuss in the original show. Uh, and it's funny because mm-hmm. he's also the voice of King in Owl House. Uh, but anyway, uh, he came back. It's like they had him. He- they had him there anyway. Yeah. So, um, like, well, we'll have you here. We'll, we'll have this, like, one episode where he plays frog versions of Grunkle Stan and Seuss in this one episode. So uh, so that was pretty cool to have that kind of uh, a Gravity Falls return to Disney Channel, even for a, a brief moment. Uh, sorry, nobody, anybody that wants another season of Gravity Falls, I, I sincerely doubt you're going to get it because Alex already said he's finished the show. He he. He finished what he started. He had the end, uh, end in his head, and it came to be, and he's like, I'm done. So <laughs> so this was just, like, a nice thing that he wanted to do, I'm sure. And 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 what 
even the crew of Amphibia wanted to do, probably like, hey, we have this idea. Do you think we can run with it? And so, uh, so yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty cool, especially seeing the footage of that Surface Online going like, oh yeah. <laughs> and and then it definitely was a scene. There was a scene where they were fully aware of the fact of them being, you know, Grunkle Stan and Seuss. Is that Seuss Frog has a moment where he's wondering if there's a parallel universe, alternate universe where they have, uh, you know, other selves that are human or whatnot. And so, and Grunkle Stan's just kind of like, you've been licking yourself again, haven't you, Seuss? <laughs> and he's like, oh, got me again. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll also add, I don't really have any th- thoughts about that besides it being cool, but I'll also add they put Kermit in, in Phoebe too a couple episodes beforehand where he's an animated version of Kermit. So there's that, I guess. That is true. If you really care about Kermit. Kermit's a good boy. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so, uh, and I think that wraps it up on the headlines, at least for right now, to condense it. (laughs) We'll talk about Phineas and Ferb when the movie comes out. Stop sending us emails. (laughs) There are no emails. That's, That's a joke. When the tweet, when, when there are more tweets and when there's more content on that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why don't we get to the main part of the episode today, um, which is online voice acting. So, Lauren, why don't you lead first, and I'll jump in and ask obnoxious questions. Okay, so uh, addressed to the both of you, and whichever one you would like to start is totally fine. Uh, what initially piqued your interest in becoming voice actors? What 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 made you want to become voice actors? Well, for me, my love for voice acting actually started as a child. Um, I grew up around a lot of people who did impressions. I knew a lot of people who actually um, were in the animation uh, as an industry themselves. <clears throat> so I was very, very familiar with voice acting, all in all. Um, I started on YouTube because of My Little Pony. Like, that's what kind of pushed me um, to actually like pursue it. And yeah, I've just been having fun doing that ever since. I was gonna say, with uh, like, how were you approached for that first opportunity, or did you approach whoever to to have that first opportunity doing My Little Pony voices? Well, um, I basically just kind of I was talking with some friends. I used to do little impressions and calls and stuff, and they were like, "You should post that on YouTube." So. I did. I posted like a little Rainbow Dash voice reel just for fun. It was really bad, but um, a lot of people liked it. I kept practicing, and eventually I got reached out to by a very old channel called Bogile Bronies. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, that kind of, I guess, like jump-started my fandom voice acting in a sense, and... um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been in like over seventy five projects. I have um, a very big ongoing one that I can't really I can't really talk about it, but it's like a fan made video game, um, and that's really fun to work on. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. God God bless the people still working on pony stuff these days. Oh, I know they're they're few and far in between. <laughs> For sure, yeah. The requests have gone down like crazy, but. I mean, I'm always, uh, I'm always looking for some cool animations to work on <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll also add before we move on to narrator, um, is that Brittany 
is one of Brittany also does Rainbow Dash in some of my projects that are pony based. So if Ooh. you care, then you can go watch them. So I think <laughs> you've been on all the the Discord meets versions. If we have Rainbow Dash lines, and then um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else specifically. Um, I did a if, Fluttershy for you at one point. I know. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Yeet. Yeah. Um, I know that for me specifically, a lot of people in the fandom know me as Rainbow Dash. I definitely, I, I really like having that role a lot, but um, lately I've been branching into a bunch of other characters. Um, like for the video game, there's like four of the main six that I voice, or like five of them. No, four. Yeah. And then like side characters too. So, um, you know, that's definitely been fun. Uh, and just, like, kind of proving myself, you know, that I can do more than just raspy horse noises. <laughs> good Rainbow yeah, Dash. You, good Rainbow Dash uh, VAs are, are few and far between in the uh, in the, in the yeah. fandom. And you're one of them, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really, it's crazy because you have to find that particular rasp. Yeah. And then build everything else around it. Um, I definitely consider my voice to be, like, the right rasp with um, some added cuteness. And that's kind of how I <laughs> describe my Rainbow Dash. <laughs> nice. I'd agree. And uh, how about you, narrator? <clears throat> I got my start. Um, what first got me interested in voice acting is uh, I was, uh, this was back in, I don't know, 2012, 2013 or so was when I first started getting into the, uh, started watching the show and stuff like that. And uh, because I had a long commute, I had a, just a voracious appetite for um, audiobooks. And uh, I was listening to, to audiobooks, but then one day it occurred to me, so I, like, I bet people are, are doing like readings of fan fictions on YouTube and stuff, and I could download them and I could listen to those instead, and, and instead of listening to Audible and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I discovered YouTube fan fiction readings, and it was the best thing ever. And I could just never get enough um, uh, fan fiction readings. There were never enough because I had a long commute, and I just loved listening to them. And then one day I said, uh, you know, I think I could probably. Uh, I think I could probably do 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 a few of those, and so I started my own channel and um, started doing my own fan fiction readings. And uh, uh, eventually, a few uh, people in the community took notice, and we started collaborating and stuff. And uh, and the rest is history. It all snowballs from that point. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. And let's backtrack a little bit. So, how did you guys start getting into fandom culture in general? Um. For yep. me, Brittany can go first. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Good. You're fine. Uh, so I started watching the show back in like I think uh, May of 2011. So um, I don't know. I was just kind of watching it, and then I met some other people who liked it, and then I found out, wow, there's a lot of people who like this. And uh, like I said, I made a YouTube video. Some more people, like um, Pinky Rose, contacted me. Invited me to her friend groups, and uh, yeah, you know, I was just watching stuff. People were sending me videos. I was getting more involved. It's kind of just one of those stories. Nothing too fancy. Um, and what appealed to you about the show specifically? Um, for me, it's just like the innocence of it, the the simplicity, the the topics, the the moral values, especially. I love a show that like kind of teaches people things and shows like even if it's kind of obvious it's a good reminder you know um mm -hmm. i definitely definitely enjoy like that kind of wholesome content 
Yeah, I, that's nice. I think what's cool is seeing again how like well the show started off a little bit more simple, and then you could see that the storylines and the lore got deeper, and and just like and the morals even got a little bit more gray because you could see it was uh, they're trying to teach some actually like really adult morals, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to a kid audience for you know to add, so that they can understand it. Uh, and see how complicated sometimes it's not very easy to solve a problem or to see eye to eye with another uh, with another person and stuff like that. So I think it's cool that the show where it took off to and then where it ended up, uh, it just only got better from where it started. It already had a good start. I totally agree. Um, I like I said, I kind of grew up on it. I was like 12 year old, 12 years old when I started watching it. And it kind of honestly taught me how to make friends. So I'm very grateful for the show and what it's done for me. Friendship Aww. is magic. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, narrator? Um, how did you start <clears throat> getting into horse? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was 2011 or 2012. And I, um, I was in a TF, I was, I was in a TF2 server. I was playing uh, Team Fortress 2 at the time. And this was a really like wacky server, and everybody was um, reading like fan fictions and weird stuff off the internet instead of really playing. And so <laughs> I just kind of got into discussion about with uh, with a few people in the server, and I I've, I've, I left, and I just was curious about what the heck this thing was. I think I'd seen memes on the internet and stuff like that. I was like, All right, what is this thing? What what are these guys so worked up about this little this little kid show? And so I um, so I I acquired the shows on the internet at like you do. And then I just started, <laughs> like you do. Legally. It fell, it fell off the back of a truck, you know, as I could leave it there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I started looking into this. It was, uh, so, I yeah, I started watching the show, season one, and then season two. And I was telling myself the whole time that it was a purely academic exercise. You know, I just had to, <laughs> had to just had to figure out what, what, what the appeal was. Not to me, but, like, to other people. And then, it, yeah, sometime in season three, I was like, yeah, I'm a brony now, huh? Damn. <laughs> God damn it. It happens. And uh, you but, just wake up and it's like one of those like nightmares where you see yourself <laughs> yeah. when you've grown hooves and your like face has gone longer. And then you're like surrounded the by plushies and posters. No! <laughs> you just start neighing. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh no! And that's how he got his name. Kafka. <laughs> yes. Very Kafka. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, I mean, the show is simple. I, just like Brittany said, it's just, it's just, it's just simple. It's nice. It's not complicated. Um, and then, you know, to be honest, like, um, among my friend group, like, uh, I'm, I'm very unique in that I've actually seen the rest of the show, the later seasons. Uh, High even, five! Even you made among it all people, the way through. Even for people who are like super deep in the fandom, like, um, the show starts to lose its appeal and you become much more interested. Like I would get, I, I watch the whole show, but I'd be much more excited when like a new chapter of a fan fiction I'm follow, I follow, it gets put out. Um, so yeah, the kind of the, the world, the, the culture, the, um, the, and the fan fictions in particular that, that spawned around the show are, are more interesting to me and to a lot of people than, than like the canon show itself. So, yeah. I can completely yeah. understand that. Um, I definitely liked the show the whole way through, personally. Mm. But I know a lot of people who also are in that boat. Um, for those who are unaware, the show is nine whole seasons long. So, um, it's, a, it's a lot of horse. It's so. a lot of horse. So, uh, get cracking if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't started yet. 
<laughs> it is the perfect amount of force. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you're very bored and you've if you finished all the KP videos, uh, that's a that's a joke. And you can watch you can watch it on I think it's on Netflix legally. I don't. I yeah, don't I think do. I think they yes. uploaded every episode now up to the end of season. They, nine. I was gonna say last time I checked, no, they, they only have, had up to like season four or five. I checked um like last week because reasons um and it was only up to season eight unfortunately we'll get there eventually hopefully soon (laughs) it's quarantine what else are you gonna do (laughs) um so the next question we have is um so describe like what it was working what it was like working on your first project um as far as like either your own project or someone or your friend was like, hey, can you do this thing for me, please? Like, I liked your voice. So I guess Brittany can keep on having Brittany go first because she's a lady. That's fine. So. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> so someone uh, contacted me and they were just like, hey, do this dub thing, this comic dub, and I'll turn it into an animation. And I was like, oh, uh, sure, I am a scared 13-year-old, but I will do it. Um, and so I sent my lines, I recorded it, sent it in, was really nervous, didn't hear back from them for nine months, Uh, was exceptionally (laughs) nervous, and was like, oh god, I did terrible, and I was having anxiety every day about it, and then they released it, and sent me a link, and I was like, oh, I didn't do bad, cool. You did it. (laughs) Um, So was was this Pony Girl? Uh, No, uh, Pony Girl was pretty recent. this was a case of the feather flu. I think it was, I can't remember who animated it, but it's like an SFM. Um, this was like way back in, I think, 2012, 2013 or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and we're, we're assuming you had your parents' permission to do random voices on the internet for people, right? Um, you know, I mean... <laughs> I, showed, I, I showed it to them and they thought it was cool afterwards oh. <laughs> so yeah, I guess so <laughs> oh I just I just feel bad because you know um from my understanding sometimes um people who need lines from voice voiceover people can also ask for some uh risque stuff sometimes so I guess it's just like oh god Brittany what are you doing <laughs> thankfully yeah. thankfully I didn't get those at 13 <laughs> those came later <laughs> <laughs> I found, those came I found and uh, were were strictly uh, rejected later. <laughs> so it was Adam the amazing Adam the amazing sixty four or whatever. That's the username. Yes. Of the, yes. Okay. So that's the man. <laughs> that is the man of the hour. The guy. The one who made you wait the entire length of a pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! It's an animation. <laughs> Congrats! It's a blue horse <laughs> oh with a rainbow mane, and she will Congrats be called Rainbow quarantine. Dash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, narrator? What was your first project, or do you remember? Um, boy, there were a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was. I had. Yeah, I'd, I'd already good, had a good number of um, projects on my channel, just like just fan fiction reading stuff that I found on um, filmfiction.net. I uh, started. And I, I started, like, just kind of spreading myself around looking for work elsewhere. And I, I think I did a few auditions for Casting Call Club, and none of those <laughs> none of those panned out. Those were all huge time sinks for me. 
that's a that's a subject for another time. Um, well, eventually, I got uh, discovered by uh, by Scribbler and her little um, her little gang, and they um, and then I got adopted, and th- then start things started going better for me. Um, and can you describe who Scribbler is for people who don't know? Sure. If you don't listen to the intro, I guess <laughs> she does the intro lady. She's the British lady from the intro, so now you. Know. <laughs> Scribbler is a, uh, she does a whole bunch of pony content on her channel, uh, predominantly uh, fan fiction readings and comic dubs and stuff like that. And uh, I was just scrolling through my, uh, through my YouTube channel of other works I have appeared in. And I'm a, there's 225 videos total. And I think about 60, 75% of them are are from Scribbler. So done a lot of work for Scribbler (laughs) over the years. I also have done work with Scribbler and she is lovely. Also, she's my girlfriend, so <laughs> I'm dating her now. No, no bias, so that's you know. No yeah. nepotism here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All to be you, fair, the relationship came much later. <laughs> yeah. To get ahead. roles with Scribbler, you have to date her. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a catch, casting couch. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, okay. That, uh, yep. Keep it PG. <laughs> yep. I, I don't get oh, it. Man. <laughs> It's, it's, it's okay. Don't can, worry about protect it. Her, protect Urban her at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Saucy. This went to 100 real fast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Lauren, I'll go in my corner. Why don't you off next time? Okay. Um, I guess uh, describe your recording process when working with remote teams online. Uh, you know, I, I, working on various projects with people all over the world, all over the country. And stuff like that. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah. Describe your recording process, and or maybe just, I guess, work process for that. Because I know there's a lot of people that may want to get into voice acting themselves, don't know where to start, and I guess it helps to know what you guys do. <laughs> um, is this like a like when we're doing projects, or like yeah, when you're doing a project, um, like if okay. you're working with a team? Uh, Got you. Um. There's a couple of ways that I've worked with people. For the most part, people just kind of say like, hey, uh, here's a script. Read the script. Send it to me in WAV format. So I'll do that. I'll send it to them. Uh, I'll tell them like, hey, if you need any redos, let me know. Um, depending on if it's paid or free, that happens. Uh, and uh, then there's the other one, which I actually am much more drawn to at the moment, which is uh, live recording calls. And those are really cool. Um, it's kind of like a per person sort of scenario of how it goes specifically. Um, with the current project I'm working on, oh, I'm so sorry, I was touching something. <laughs> with the current project that um, I'm working on, they have like this thing where they work solo with VAs or in groups depending on availability. So I'll work, I'll work uh, most of the time directly with the director rather than with the rest of the cast. And we'll just go over the lines, we'll read the script, she'll tell me, like, hey, that was good, or, oh, we need uh, more this direction, you know, this kind of mood. Um, we'll, and we just, like, record it live, usually for, like, an hour, two hours, three hours at a time. So, yeah, that one is my favorite because it's very interactive. You get the best takes that way. Yeah. That's interesting. I'd never heard of that. I mean, well, I I guess I've never done lot quote unquote live calls before because I wouldn't really need to because I'm not very well. I don't do voices. I guess I don't want to be like, well, I'm not talented, but that's mean to me. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm. That's interesting. And 
Uh, how often do you do that since that's a thing now, I guess? Well, that one is um, ongoing. Typically, um, with this particular director, we'll record three times a week. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And yeah, like I said, it's like four, like one to four hours on average. Um, and she doesn't do any voices either. She'll just like read the narration and give me, um, you know, little, little pokes and direction and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to Yeah. Uh, we do have like, uh, live months and then, um, standby months. So like, you know, sometimes I'll do a bunch of work. Other times I go like a month or two without work, and then we go back and eat. That's yeah. That's that's interesting. Um, I forgot the question. What was the question? It was oh, describing <laughs> the recording, recording process. process. <laughs> <laughs> what about when you're when you're by yourself? Um, is it just like maybe I guess it might be complicated for people who don't have experience like working or reading lines when you don't have someone to work off of. So how do you like combat that specifically? Um, well, for me personally, it's like, it's kind of a matter of like experience and um, visualization is a big key. So like you want to read the script and like kind of, um, I'll, I'll like read the lines in my head that I'm not reading. I know other people have like a stand-in, so like someone else will read out the other characters' lines or something. I I always work alone. Um, sometimes I actually do like read the lines. I always do three takes of everything though. That's like my mm -hmm. standard, three or more, uh, and then I'll cut it down to three. <laughs> but um, yeah, lots of variants. You know, you want to mix up your deliveries and your inflections. Make sure it all sounds different. Uh, depending on mood and line, that one I think uh, is a it, it like it's, like you said it's a little harder um, because you have to think about like where is the script going, what is the mood that I'm trying to portray, how how is how am I gonna give off that emotion the best, and um, then you know you just go through the whole script, three takes at a time, and uh, when you send it you know. They'll, they'll let you know if you did anything wrong, if they wanted it to go a different direction. Uh, most of the time. Or they use it, and then I get sad. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, how often do you ever get to, uh, I guess depending on the project and depending on the director and writer, uh, do you ever get to assist in writing different lines for your characters or you get to ad-lib lines, you know, being able to have that flexibility in how you uh, may interpret a line? You know, first it's, you know, like you said, uh, you know, trying to find the mood that you want to convey mm -hmm. in a line read. Uh, yeah. So do you ever get to really like ad lib and sometimes it works and goes, hey, we'll do that instead. <laughs> I do sometimes. Um, personally, I like to kind of stick to the script. But if I feel like really compelled to try something, I will. And I've never had someone not like that, you know, mm. when you do it. No, no one ever says like, hey, don't do that or anything. Uh, they might not always use it, but I think it's always pretty good and fun if you can ad-lib. For some people, it's a little hard if they don't have very good, like, improv skills. Um, I'm personally, like, very in the middle of that, <laughs> where it's like, oh, sometimes I really hit it. Other times I'm like, oh, I have no idea what to say. No, that's fair. <laughs> but, 
yeah, usually, I mean, I find a lot of the time the scripts usually work, but it's always, it is fun to add some flavor when, um, when, when it's found, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough, I think. Um, what about you, narrator reverse card? <laughs> Uno, as far as Uno like, what your recording setup is. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. So I just, um, I've got, I've actually invested a good amount into my, uh, into my, my setup here. So this is, um, in terms of like the, the hardware and stuff like that you need, I think a lot of people get started just like on a, on a Blue Yeti or something like that, which is a microphone mm-hmm. that can be had for about a hundred bucks or so. My setup is considerably more elaborate. So this is a Shure SM7B <laughs> and a Focusrite, um, audio interface and, uh, loud lifter seal. One preamp and I've treated my office with, um, sound absorbent foam as best I could and that kind of stuff. So you, you, you don't have to do all of that right away. <laughs> so if you're a new VA just kind of getting started, um, just like recording in a closet is a great way to just kind of dampen the reverb and stuff like that. Um, and a, 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 just about everybody gets started on a blue, blue Yeti, and it's fine. You can usually cl- uh, clean it up well enough in post. Um, I probably wouldn't go anything with I wouldn't probably probably wouldn't spend any less than about 70 80 bucks on a microphone um e- even if you're kind of new and and kind of getting set up um if, if in terms of software most people just use audacity it's fine i've i've, got, I've actually got access to like the adobe creative cloud suite and so i can use audition if i want to but mm-hmm. by this point my brain is hardwired for audacity and so i, I just use audacity it is the most it's straightforward um, in terms of projects, like people usually contact me. Um, by now, words kind of got around. The jobs usually come to me, um, paid and unpaid, and people just hit me up on Discord or uh, or on Twitter or something like that. Hey, can you read a thing for me? And if it's um, as long as it's not anything too excessive, then I'm I'll, I'll read just about anything for anybody. If it's just like lines for a character or something like that, I'm happy to do that for um, uh, for free for the most part, just kind of as a quid pro quo kind of situation. Can you read um, me the entire B movie script? And <laughs> um, that, that wouldn't be the first time I've been asked. <laughs> <laughs> Says a lot about the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Same then, here. <laughs> yeah, depending on how it is, like very often they'll just send me a script over just over email or Discord or whatever, and I'll um, uh, just like Brittany, I'll just uh, I'll just read it over, do a quick skim, try to get an idea where the what the script is, where it, what it's where it's going what the character's like and i'll just uh yeah read three takes into into my mic here into audacity and uh and send it back to him so for the most part um it's just it's a very just like kind of offline process and it usually works well enough um be very careful about um people pulling you into live calls and stuff like that for me where i am i i generally work alone it would have to be either a pretty high profile uh project from somebody I've already heard of and is already established or, um, or I'm being paid <laughs> to do, to do a, um, like a live call with, um, uh, with, with the director listening in stuff like that. I, you have to be very protective of your time and there's a lot of, um, mm-hmm. hmm, there's a lot of projects. I've, I've had awful luck on casting call club. I understand that my Experience has been atypical, but a lot of projects that just never went anywhere, never came out, and just ended up being a huge time sink for me. So I'm always careful about um, mm, directors and, and project owners and stuff like that who want to get in a call and just waste a lot of my time. <laughs> I yeah, I I definitely wouldn't do that for a free project either. <laughs> yeah, 
so in the in the in the fandom doing fandom projects and stuff like that i we very few uh have had very few p- projects which have actually actually paid you know for the most part you're just working for the for the fun of it or for the joy of like you know seeing the the project come out and stuff like that and i don't mind that but if it's going to take a whole bunch of my time i'm gonna need to get paid up front please yeah. will you please speak for us <laughs> no we need money first <laughs> please do the thing um so uh back well i'll backtrack a little bit before i talk about my point but um so narrator what um what kind of how much does your current setup like cost roughly oh. and then Brittany, what is your current setup <laughs> um yeah, it's um yeah between the mic the the uh, the DAC and the preamp we're probably about a thousand bucks all told. Um, I'm hoping I'm gonna make that money back um, one day. It has not uh, happened yet. I've made uh, a little mad money here and there, but <laughs> not quite there yet. Um, and then like like my computer I, I built specially for uh, like to be super quiet and stuff like that. It's my just kind of general purpose. Gaming computer too, but I you know got a special case and everything, so it's like super quiet. Um, and then the foam. Looking around here, how long did this take me <laughs> to do up this room? Uh, it was a it was a good it was a solid like uh, it was about a solid week of just like putting hot glue on the back of the foam and then uh, just like three M taping it to the to the wall. And uh, neatness does not count, which is good <laughs> because it looks like ass. So. <laughs> Um, what about you, Brittany? What's your setup? Um, I have a Sennheiser MKH416. Mm, nice. And um, I do have some foam. I definitely I definitely need to sun treat my room a little bit more. But overall, my setup, um, well, it runs through a focus, right? Like Narrator's does. Mm. Um, it costed about the same, like $1,100. Mm-hmm. Man. I'm cheap. I just have my my Yeti, and then I have um, foam, like a foam um, covering for it, and a pop filter, and, and that's that's my setup. So, and I made I, I had to make Lauren buy a <laughs> like a, a ice, I think they're called isolation boxes yeah. with the audio foam oh, in yeah, them. Yeah. So yeah. I made Lauren buy one too. So I have so. I have a snowball in a box with foam. That's my setup. Per- perfectly <laughs> adequate most of the time. It's fine. <laughs> What I've discovered about the Blue Yetis, though, um, Scribbler discovered this. Like, they have a tendency to sort of the audio quality sorts to degrade over time. Hmm. So if I had to buy it, if I had to buy a, like a like something along that vein today, I'd probably go with a different brand because um, mm-hmm. it, it's it and it hap- It's kind of like the frog in the pot; like you don't notice right away. But then uh, Scribbler like noticed comparing some of her older recordings to her newer ones. Like, why does why does it sound why did it sound much better sound so much better back then? Oh, they kind of degrade. Over time, mm-hmm. so something to, just something to be aware of if you're shopping for microphones. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that I think mm-hmm. that tends to happen with XLR. I mean, sorry, uh, USB in general. Yeah, too, from what I've hard noticed. to say, and it's such a hard thing to quantify. So, that, like the the data out there is not conclusive at all. I guess it's hit or miss, and yeah. and just taking care of the microphone too, and just uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so far I've had I've had decent enough luck with this microphone, so. Wait, so mm. far so good knock on wood <laughs> yeah and i'll just say before i'll before my other point i'll just say um uh please if you're if you want to do voiceover stuff don't 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 use your built-in speaker mic or something or no, whatever no, 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 you no. know it's it's bad <laughs> people will tell be able to tell so if you're like somewhat serious about it and you want to like mess around then you can try to get maybe like 
a cheap gaming mic, if that, just like at the beginning if you want to, but, um, you know, or especially if you don't know how to put up files, which has been a, like, I've only, I haven't done any casting calls lately, but I know back in the day people were like, here's my MK505 file, and I'm just like, how do I open this? <laughs> the .3GPP file. This, yeah. <laughs> this, I'm also, in addition to being Scribbler's uh, boyfriend, I'm also her tech support, <clears throat> so she'll send me audio files from casting calls sometimes, and she'll be like, what is this? I'm like, wow, that's an audio file from Nokia phones from the early 2000s? <laughs> Oh my God, She's like, okay, how do I open this? Like, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, make it easy so, on, on others, guys. The, the, the general one, the best one to work with is, is Wave or something like similar to that. Wave, so just, mm. Wave's a lossless or, audio format. Sometimes it'll ask for MP3s just to save space. But yeah, Waves and MP3s, for the most part, nothing, nothing more exotic than that if you can. If you don't know how to export an MP3, then you probably shouldn't be doing voice acting. <laughs> or, yeah. like, at least learn how. Yeah. There's some great YouTube videos out there, for, for the most part. Just uh, have a quick look around. Just kind of get get a feel for some of the terms as you're first getting started out. So it's some, sometimes, you're, you know, your voice quality could be good, your acting could be good, your setup could be good, but you don't know what you're doing. And so you <laughs> still it still makes you useless <laughs> to the director. So... Um, in my experience, Thanks. I actually started with a SingStar microphone, which was a PS2 USB uh, I've microphone. I've actually heard good, pretty good things about that. It's you know, it's not on qual, it's not on par with like a Blue Yeti or something like that. But yeah, those SingStar mm-hmm. microphones for the PS2. Yeah, that's what I. Good. That's what I recorded "Fighting Is Magic" on. You know, like that Street Fighter video game <laughs> with uh-huh. Rainbow Dash and all the other ponies. Um, and then I upgraded to an AT2020 which is an XLR mic. Um, and now I'm at this one, which is my most precious bean. And I love yeah. it. It's my baby. Yeah, I'll say two things uh, before we go on to her next question is that um, it's a lot more, from my experience, it's a lot more dicey and feel free to jump, anyone jump in on this, but it's a lot dicier when you're um, choosing directors or you're choosing what projects to be a part of like um i've said this before but i've been approached for lions for projects that like don't ever get made and i'm sure that's happened to you guys like all the time yeah (laughs) that's the worst yeah so especially um when you know like you know voice actors are doing it for fan projects or doing it for a small like thing here and there uh, specifically, it helps if you have something else, like, on your channel to show, like, you know, just something small to show that you know, like, the basic pipeline of the production process, something like that, because it's it, it, it just the worst thing ever, especially if you're reading a lot of lines and, you know, you're not getting paid for something, and then you here then it's like here you go and then the project just disappears into the ether never to be seen or heard from again so you know like i've said hit film is free it's an editing program like go edit some comic dubs with some pre-existing voices or something just to prove that you can do something and then that will probably make um people you approach for uh projects whether they be indie or fan uh made a little bit more comfortable with their time. I know that. Um, do you guys? Yeah. Go ahead. I know that um, people are a lot more comfortable working with people who have experience. Absolutely. So that heightens your um, ability to be cast as well. 
Yeah, so um, especially with the pony circles, you know, a lot of times everyone knows each other, so a lot of it's based on rapport. Um, I don't need voice actors that often, especially nowadays, but usually if I if I needed voice actors, I've been just going to be like, hey, Scribbler, I need this person, and she'll know, like, who's who's active around this time, who does a good impression, all the specifics. So I'm just like, wow, that's that's convenient. Scribbler knows so, everybody, so um, that helps. Yeah, she she she's like the underground like voice over pony horse person. So you know, <laughs> there's she's like, like she. Sorry, continue. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like um, yeah. So for doing like fandom projects and stuff like that, it's it's kind of a quid pro quo kind of situation. So maybe I'll if I need someone's voice, I'll record for them, and then um, and then if they need something, they'll they'll come to me and so on. Um, I, I I try to be really democratic and you know kind of give everybody a chance. So, but every once in a mm-hmm. while I get approached by someone. They'll be like, "Hey, can you read this thing for me?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, okay." I'll spend half an hour of my time and record the lines and send it to them. And they'll hit me up again. It's like, "Hey, can you record this thing for me?" I was like, "Sure, okay." I'll spend half an hour of my time and send the lines to them. And then by the third or fourth time, I'm, they're like, "Hey, can you record this thing for me?" I was like, "That first thing that I recorded for you is that gonna is that gonna come out anytime soon?" Or? <laughs> At some point, you, you kind of start to want to see results from, from, from the work you put in. So I, totally. I give people a little leeway, but at some point, I need to see some results. I'm not Make sure I'm not just sending my files off into the ether somewhere. I've gotten to the point mostly where like, I won't take things if people don't have examples. Mm. Um, like If someone comes up to me and they say, like, hey, can you voice this thing for me? I'll be like, oh, yeah, show me your your work and I'll consider it. Um, I'm, I'm very busy though. So that's why I have to be very selective. Um, so. In the MLP fandom in, in particular, like uh, uh, good female voice actors are much harder to come by. <laughs> so there's that. Um, <laughs> whereas good, good male uh, voice actors are, are somewhat more condom, common. Being <laughs> good. Vo- um, the boys, they have a more of a problem with roles availability. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's kind of so. It's an interesting power dynamic in the in the Brony fandom in particular. So you're always, I'm always on the lookout for good uh, female VAs that are that can that uh, aren't too busy <laughs> can actually give me lines in a in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, so it's, there's it's always tough. that. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm done. Continue. Oh, okay, I was just saying. Yeah, there's always the other part of the catch where you know you could have a really good VA um, that just forgets to turn in their lines or you have to bother them to turn in lines and after like the second or third time you're just like okay like you know I feel like I should just trust you to like give me a decent turnaround with this like maybe a week or so and if it if it takes longer than um probably longer than a month then I'm just like hey if you sat down and did this now (laughs) how long would it really take you maybe like 10 minutes could you just could you just do it? So do time management <laughs> is very important too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this all feeds into <laughs> technically since we're on the topic of what are the challenges to face as a voice actor. <laughs> this is <laughs> I guess this sort of feeds into that question because that was going to be my next question. What were some of the challenges as that you faced as a voice actor? And that can be either working on projects or it could even be like like for example, maybe you can go to a a convention and somebody spots you as you know and they recognize you for your role but you know how there's sometimes the guy huh i said it's the guy (laughs) (laughs) but i mean if like or like where some fans you know uh 
where some fans may ask you to do the character voice for them or something like that or, or uh, you know, that kind of thing. You know, what, and maybe they can't separate the character from the actor kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. Uh, have you faced any of that kind of stuff or what other issues have you faced before? For me, um, I never really mind too much uh, when people approach me. I always love talking to people and getting to know people. And I think it's, I honestly think it's pretty fun when people recognize me um, and I get to, you know, talk to them and see how their cons going. As for like uh, challenges, I definitely get sick a lot. <laughs> I think that's one of my big ones. So people will come up to me and be like, hey, where's the, where are these lines? And I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, I've been sick for like a month. My throat hurts. I can't voice Rainbow Dash. <laughs> yeah, taking care of your voice um, is super important as, as a it really voice is. actor. So, like, once that it goes, really... you go, I'm literally out of commission for a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there have been a couple of times where I had to kind of force myself through it for one project because the turnaround was taking so long due to the fact that I just got hit with a really bad illness. Um, I try not to do that because that's highly unprofessional, but it's also highly unprofessional to take like six months. So <laughs> Rainbow Dash in particular is got is like got to be super hard on your voice. Mm-hmm. With Rainbow Dash, if I have a slight tickle in my throat, I won't work because yeah. it because it can ruin my voice. So I have to be in pristine uh, health, and I do take allergy medication and see if it helps. Um, just in case, uh, sometimes that does help. But yeah, that's that's my challenge, I think. Other than like canceled projects, which cry. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of your existence, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about you, narrator? I'd say, yeah, probably um, bad projects, canceled projects, probably the biggest challenge that I faced. Um, the first really big... Oh, man. The first really big project I got um, mixed up in was this, um, somebody was trying to adapt, it's literally a two million word um, uh, My Little Pony fan fiction. They were trying to make a, like, a fully fully animated like animation oh, no. out of it. Oh, oh no. I, oh, for what their, could possibly go wrong? For their very first project, like the very oh, first thing geez. that they'd ever done. <laughs> and this was also like my, no. big, my big first collaboration that I've ever done. Um, and this ended up being such a huge time scene for me. And in addition, like the director wanted like wanted calls every Sunday, two hours to, to go over lines and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that was ended up just being such a huge time scene for me. Best advice I can give for um, for, for, for directors and stuff like that. Start small. <laughs> start small. Don't go after it. You know, you may not be able to get to a maybe may not be able to do a two million word like. I don't know, six hour long animation for your very first project? And then like <laughs> get upset when your animators aren't getting back to you? Because <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, they might have full time jobs already. Um, so that was my first big challenge. And then because um, I, I was new to all this and I didn't know that that was atypical. And so I was like, well, this is just the thing, I guess. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be worth it in the end when the thing comes out. Still waiting I feel on that, that, unfortunately. That is, that is I, I've had that same exact thing happen so many times. So there's that. Um, yeah, not so much for me, um, but for, 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 uh, for girls in particular, um, 
there I've, I've a lot of girls in my sort of VA circle have just had some some problems with creepers and stuff over the years. Uh, um, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Like yeah. I'm sure you guys get um, asked to do some pretty um, oh yeah off projects, I guess. You oh know, yeah. And Brittany's like, yeah, let me tell you, let me break out like my whole like thick journal of every time someone like asked me to do something <laughs> like dash lines. Well, there's kind um, of a. And there's kind of a Go fine ahead. line between voice actor and sex worker sometimes, and <laughs> in the uh, the MLP fandom, there's uh, yeah, some people have turned a pretty good, uh, made a pretty good little side hustle doing uh, doing stuff like that. I don't judge, <laughs> you know, money is money. Um, and I, sh- I should I should clarify too that that's a minority of the Bronies, not yes. the majority of the Bronies are not into. Uh, sexy horse time, from what I have experienced. Despite our reputation, yeah, despite what the what the internet rumors tell you, it's like no, it's it's the mon- minority in the community. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I just like every time I think of sexy horse time, I get sad. But I don't know, uh, Brittany, you seem like you've had some stories. Any any fun stories you can tell about sexy horse time? Um. That's an odd question. Um, <laughs> like approaches. No, I'm um, not saying like. <laughs> well, I mean, I've definitely had my share of odd requests. Um, I am very strict when telling people no. I say I have a um, ten-year-old sister. Absolutely not. She likes watching my work. Go away. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I had this one person. I don't want to go into too many details, but um, yeah, you can leave it like vague. Yeah. This person asked me for like their OC kissing Rainbow Dash, and they were like, "Confess love," and I was like, "I feel uncomfortable with this." And immediately after that, he sent me like a like a like a literal like porn script. <laughs> oh god! Ooh. And he's like, "Will you record this?" And I was like, "No." Like, if I'm uncomfortable saying, I love you, will you know, like, you're so sexy, why would I want to say this stuff? You're so horse hot. Wow, you, you, you are such a, such a hot, tall stallion. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Along those lines, um, kind of, uh, it's it's pretty common for uh, voice actors. Sometimes, um, it's pretty common if we do take commissions to uh, to have a commission sheet, and they'll we'll usually post that someplace on uh, like on our Twitter or something like that, and um, and it might it'll have info like rates and stuff like that on there, and also kind of what 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 our boundaries are. So if we're okay with NSFW stuff or not, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. If if you're trying to commission a voice actor for something, definitely have a look at that. And if they're not okay with NSFW stuff, definitely don't ask them. Don't send them NSFW stuff. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, in for as for me, it's um you know people's opinions on that will vary. Um, I've actually done a f- few books for for Audible um as well at this point, and one of them was kind of saucy. It's whatever. Gay werewolf like um um like BDSM novel so you know everybody has their limits and stuff like that. So so now you have to tell us where they can find the creepy um werewolf BDSM novel. It's uh okay so this is a this is another funny story. So I've done a bunch of work. I've done a th- three or four books for for Audible 
um, at this point. And that particular one, the gay werewolf BDSM story, has actually never been released. Uh. I spent months... I spent months and months, and man, I poured my heart and soul into that role. Okay, I did. I <laughs> tried really hard. So, what 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 role were you playing specifically? I, well, so I was just narrating. So I was. Uh, it was just like it was okay. a one man production. So I did all of them. Okay, and it was oh, really. Oh, that's hard. what I was gonna say. I'm like, uh, when it's audible, it's usually one person has to yeah. run the show. So. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was narrating and I was doing both sides, and it, yeah, it got it got interesting some uh, sometimes. And this particular project never came out and this is something you expect to see from fandom voice projects um but for whatever reason like the the author who who would um who had contacted me i never heard from him again i finished the project but on 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 acx which is like audible's like you know audiobook uh, production branch he has to go in and just all he has to do is click the button to make it live and then we'll both start getting royalties so i don't know and the author as near as i can tell just evaporated on the face off the face of the earth so i don't oh, know if he I don't know if he died or what the thing is, um, but I spent months and months recording this gay werewolf BDSM. <laughs> I got nothing to show. I for guess it. he had some um, some some last minute um, regret, regrets or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> um, yeah. So the, like the uh, the urban um, what is it called? Like the urban fantasy like romance stories in general are super hot on Audible right now. So if you're trying to make any money on Audible, like you'll you'll, you'll probably read one of those uh, at some point in your career. So um, and maybe backtrack. So how would sure. someone do Audible themed stuff if that's a branch of voice acting that they want to pursue? Oh sure. Uh, so um, the website is acx.com. Um, and it's actually got a super uh, pretty low uh, barrier of entry. My first book I did, I just did on my, my Blue Yeti. Um, it was a little challenging because they have really, really specific um, requirements for how like the audio, the audio has to be um, stay within a certain level and stuff like that. And um, it took a couple, took me a couple tries to figure out just how to edit the audio so it was exactly the right um, met, met all those requirements. But yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, yeah, acx.com. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, just uh, go there and, and click around. Uh, you can uh, you can submit a f- uh, like a like a like a voice reel or like a sample of your work, um, and you can either sort of send bids to the authors to have their book read, or you can um, or the authors will come to you sometimes. Um, and so yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, it, you, whether you'll have any success there is another story. Uh, my first couple books just like. Um, I did a 50% royalty share with the author and between us we made about, you know, 12 bucks. So, and that's, there you go. You're beautiful. And that's a risk you take. But they also have, um, you can also um, do projects which are what they called cost per finished hour. So they just pay you just some fixed amount per uh, hour of, um, of uh, work, that you, of uh, finished audio that you, that you give them. Um, I would probably mm-hmm. start out there, to be honest. Because royalty shares, you could, um, you might have a hit and, um, you know, both you and the author will make a ton of money, or it could be a flop, and neither of you gets anything. You'll have nothing to show for months and months of work. I feel like a lot of voice acting is highly gamble related in mm. terms of uh, success. It's which not is why really, I, I, yeah, which really is why like, I mostly do I'm like uh, do it for uh, for the love. It's still very much a passion project of mine. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to make a bunch of money off of voice work. Temper your expectations a little bit is my advice. I'd maybe, say don't go into write it some you're fancy. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say maybe or maybe just write some some saucy some saucy audible book, right? 
<laughs> well, if you need a gay werewolf uh, BDSM uh, narrator, I'm your guy, apparently. <laughs> I don't know if that's an offer that you want to publicize on YouTube. <laughs> Good point. I regret opening my mouth now. <laughs> well, I guess in terms of characters, uh, uh, either you have voiced or would like to voice, what would be like a dream role for you or what has, or if you've already had the dream role, what was that? And was that your favorite role? You know, tell us, tell us a little about that. Whoever for wants me, to um, I'm so, for me, I really want to do like some sort of animation um, with like animals, you know, where I'd voice an animal. Cause that, those are like always really fun um, content wise. And, yeah, I'm I'm really just I want to go pro, so any like industry animation would be my dream, but I definitely mm-hmm. really like bubbly airheaded characters the best. Those are like my personal uh favorite character to voice. Um also like kind of cutesy characters as well. <laughs> um narrator, do you have any favorite character archetypes um you like the best? I play a lot of, um, I end up being typecast as villains a lot. Um, mm, the fun ones. Especially, <laughs> yeah, I, I do really enjoy those. Um, historically, uh, uh, I'm probably best, whenever I go to conventions and stuff, I'm always best known for my role as Irish Anonymous in uh, Wooten's production of The Last Son of Dublin. So he's like a, he's like a drunken Irish, like, uh, Okay, I'm just gonna swear. Uh, he's he's like a drunken Irish asshole in in Equestria. <laughs> so that was probably my uh, my my favorite role to play so far. I had a ton of fun doing that. Uh, so whenever I go to conventions mm-hmm. and stuff, that's probably what people know me best for. My dream role at at some point, I would love to be in an animation where I get to play a villain. Um, I'm super envious of Keston John, who played um, all the villains in uh, in Shira. Mm. So he was Hordak and Horde <laughs> Prime and uh, Wrong Hordak. And uh, that that was just such that had to be just the role of a lifetime for him because he got to be a bunch of different va- clones of bad guys while it's slightly different personalities. I was just super jealous. So that is that, a, that would awesome. be like a dream role for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I and then in the end, I guess I have one more question for you guys, uh, which you gave a little advice earlier. But for do you have any other advice that you'd like to give for those who want to start a voice acting career? Uh, especially if, since it's now a, a much easier avenue, avenue for access online uh, that people can do all these like online collaborations and get their start that way. Uh, so, yeah. So. I would say just do it. Um, if you have dedication, like depending on how much dedication you have, that that's kind of what determines how far you get. For me, um, as like a kid, I had a really bad speech impediment and my parents even needed a translator to understand what I was saying oftentimes. So um, I ended up, you know, just working towards getting my speech impediment, um, you know, fixed. And I'm here now and I'm, I'm doing it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would just say keep trying. Just keep going for it. Um, don't let things stop you. Even physical limitations like my speech impediment, which was um, jaw related. You know, that didn't stop mm-hmm. me. I, I just kept trying. And yeah, um, other than that, definitely, you know, maintain connections. Try to meet people, mm. get to know people. Don't be pushy about your content, but offer to help. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, be kind and courteous, polite. That's like the kind of stuff that gets you far, in my opinion, other than just like practice and stuff. Um, I was just going to say, Brittany, if it makes you feel any better, I had a speech impediment too when I was young, young baby KP. So when Aww. my mom would told me that, um, I guess there was like, there was one specific example where there were like birds in the sky one day. And it was like, look, mom, it's a board, like a B-O-A-R-D. And she's <laughs> like, oh my God, this, this, child needs, <laughs> this child needs something. So um, I don't think it was as drastic. I don't think it was as drastic as um, yours sounds because it sounds like yours was more biological than mine. Yeah. But um, I did have to take speech therapy um, when I was a kid, which I didn't really know what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. because, you know, I had to, um, well, I had a double crossbite underbite at the same time. Um, uh -huh. So I ended up without help fixing my jaw by like realigning it and just careful. I did what braces do, but without the braces. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. um, I... Uh, practiced speech on my own because I, I couldn't get help there either. So I definitely did like a lot of like rapping therapeutically just to get myself to um, flow my words better after I fixed my jaw. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, wow, determination. I had no idea. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had eight and a half years of braces, so I, I feel that realignment stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember too um we so like in case you don't know this in case you're new uh Lauren and I usually um unquarantined uh live relatively close so we went to Universal Studios on Christmas Eve and Lauren's dad gave me a whole spiel when we were sitting down and eating it was me Lauren her brother and her dad and he gave me a whole spiel about how Lauren like I guess your your orthodontist didn't know what she was doing for the majority of the time, and he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm going to somewhere else." So, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I had braces too. If um, some of you might remember, I had braces three separate times. One during like course time when I was doing cons, and people are like, "Oh, look at it, it's a 15 year old." I'm, like, I'm 24. <laughs> But, you know, I guess there's worse things. But, you know, it's it's fine. Um, I'll also add, before we switch to narrator, um, something that Scribbler told me is that when you are asking for lines or you're presenting lines for pre-existing characters, it's helpful that you do some takes from, from lines that don't exist already because from what she's told me that people can... Um, mimic the inflections of the voice actor if it's lines like you know that are pre-existent from you know the show or something like mm. that but the majority of the time you're you're dubbing original material absolutely so if you you need to be able to present that can present that convincingly as the character and not just like a mimic like yeah you're not a parrot you're an actor right yeah yeah for sure no it's like it's a whole different story if you're reading actual words on a screen that have never been said by the character before. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what about you, narrator? Do you have any other tidbits? Um, a lot of stuff we've talked about already. Um, be consistent, like get your, get your lines in on time if you're, and um, that will help you go, go a long way towards developing a, a rapport, a reputation sort of in the community as you start to get well known. Um, and if you're mm -hmm. sick, communicate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely communicate. 
Um, oh, I do have one tip actually. So um, when you're doing, if you're doing your own audio projects and stuff like that, this is something I've seen a ton in like new, uh, like MLP narrators in particular. Uh, learn how noise reduction works. Noise reduction is a, a, a feature of Audacity where you can, you just, you record silence. Like you turn on your microphone and your setup and everything and just don't say anything. Just hold your breath for about 10 seconds or so and that, and uh, to give you what they call room tone. And then what you can do is after you're done recording, you select that room tone, you say, uh, you basically just tell Audacity like, okay, subtract this noise from the rest of the recording. And it just like the little, the little hum of your AC or your computer going or any kind of background noise um, in, your, in your recording environment will just get deleted out like magic. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm, uh, whenever I'm listening to a new um, narrator on YouTube, um, the second I hit play in YouTube and I hear it's like, ah, this is someone who doesn't know how noise reduction works. <laughs> this is someone who has taken no time to, to like learn how to use their software and stuff like that. So if I could give one tip to uh, to new voice actors and stuff like that who are get, first getting their start on YouTube or in the fandom or whatever, learn how, vo- learn how a noise reduction works. I would also say um, ask your director if they would like that to be used or not. Because a lot of people ah, want true. the audio raw. So Very often, directors will specify if they want it, if they want um, the audio raw, or uh, if they want to do the noise reduction themselves, or if they want you to do it. Um, if they ask for raw audio, give them raw audio. Um, but if you're putting your own stuff on your own channel, go ahead and take that noise out. That'll that'll be nice. <laughs> take it out. No one wants to hear that. It literally bothers me so much because, like I said, I have a voracious appetite for for spoken word audio content of all of all kinds. And so very often it'll, it'll bug me so much that I will rip their audio from YouTube, put it into Audacity myself, find a bit of silence, do the noise direction myself, and then upload it back to my phone so I can listen to it on my, my way to work. <laughs> it's like, there, if I have to, I Oof, have to yeah. do everything myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Got to do everything myself. You want something done right? Got to do it yourself. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's a, you know, I know, like, virtually nothing about things. I mean, I know basic stuff, but, um, my mind is more programmed, like, producer and, like, how things can get done and how fast can we go. But, um, I guess, um, my advice, too, is always just as a, as from the different side of the coin is, uh, again, communicate with your director. I imagine that if, especially if you have a good rapport, if you have established rapport, then they're not going to think you're lying when you're sick or your grandma dies. <laughs> it's just when five grandmas die, then it's just like, huh, you know, it's like the same thing from school. How you know? many grandmas is that now? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all the grandmas plus a step grandma in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, um, don't be embarrassed about your um, your imperfections or your things that come up as long as, you know, and if you don't have the rapport, then... I think, you know, generally, as long as you have some sort of proof about, you know, oh, I went to the doctor, here's my doctor's note in case you don't believe me. I promise I'm still taking your thing seriously, you know. Um, if you're the one to bring that up to, the person doesn't have to chase after you, then that shows a lot of integrity, too, on uh, your part. Mm-hmm. So, good job. But, yeah, um, I think I think that's all the yeah. questions. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're, we're, we're good. Um, yeah, just, like, yeah. Just make sure, too, that you can do some of the stuff on your end so, you know, you can put it on the Internet for people to see to find you. But anyway, yeah, everybody, I'm rambling. Everybody, pl- so, Brittany plug, and- plug. 
What? <laughs> I said everybody plug for yeah, your so social what, medias. What? Where can people find you online? Oh, um, I can be found on YouTube or Twitter or DeviantArt or Patreon or anywhere under the name Brittany Ackerman. Yeah, and Brittany is one of the rare people that go by their, their non-horse name, right? Yep. Like, do more, most people still go by, like, usernames, right? Yeah, that's actually um been a little bit of a concern of mine. Because, like, like I said, I want to go pro, and I've had a couple people be like, you know, you're kind of shooting yourself in the leg, and I'm like, eh. So, <laughs> times are changing, man. What? You don't know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Yeah, you can find me at all those places. Also, I want to say thank you so much to KP for having me. Oh, and oh yeah, you know, thanks for coming. And, and Abby. thanks for doing stuff for me every once in a while. Oh, of, yeah. of course. And thank you, Abby. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's totally cool. It was really nice <laughs> to am... properly meet you. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It was nice to meet you, too. I'm sure you guys have, like, run into each other at conventions. You just didn't realize it yeah. because you weren't introduced, so. It's happened for me for a lot of people. And then we go, oh, we connect. Oh, we, we I was at that convention. Wait, I was there, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I existed. <laughs> um, what about you, Neri? Where can people um, poke you about stuff or, like, give you money? I am uh, <laughs> at NayRaderPony on Twitter. That's NayRader with a horse pun and um narrator pony on youtube um the majority of my work you can probably find on scribbler's channel honestly so just look, <laughs> just look for me there uh, i also go by nikolai porter uh which is my pen name for for non-pony content you can find my books on audible feel free to buy any of those that you want what are some of the books that are on uh, audible so, just so people have some like titles to refer to possibly uh there is one called uh seeking sorrow guardians of Terith, which you can look up Okay, cool. What is that one about? Uh, it's like um, future fantasy sci-fi kind of thing. Uh, I don't know oh, how to, I don't okay. know how to explain. It. I think that sums it's it up pretty well. I mean, as a, yeah. in terms of the genres, hmm? like like Star Trek super fantasy sci-fi kind of thing. You know what's super funny is I was talking to the author, and she was like, I kept sending her samples of voices that I had in my head for different. Um, four different characters like so what do you think about this character is it like rough he's like this she's like no it's not quite not quite right you've almost got it there but it was like and then eventually she said okay do you know captain picard and Worf?" and i was like yeah it's like okay those are they're pretty much those characters like oh why didn't you just say so i don't want to say this author wrote a fan fiction but um <laughs> she just said that that's a all the characters sound exact, look and sound exactly like the cast of the next generation. <laughs> okay. Can I hear your Worf impression? We'll end on that. I wish you a most honorable holiday. Kapla. <laughs> yes. Um, you can probably find Star Trek on CBS Access if you <laughs> want to research that too. You know, if you don't know what we're talking about, but. Um, yeah, all right, so in case you're new to the podcast in general, uh, we put out episodes every Wednesdays. Um, they get uploaded on Thursdays on YouTube. We have, we're like, we're nearing like up to 30 episodes, so we definitely have a repertoire of stuff. So if you like stuff to listen to and you're bored, then um, there's 30 times like, Episodes are around two hours, so that's like 60 hours of stuff, maybe? It's a lot of time, yeah. so, you know, 
if you're bored, you can, you can do it because it's not like you're having a work commute or something. Most people aren't these days. Maybe road, maybe yeah, road tripping then, though. Yeah. To yeah, get you no know, to get there, to get know? away from the pandemic as much as possible. If you're going cross country, <laughs> you know you're trying to jump the border, <laughs> then you can listen to us in the background. Um, and then also obviously like support the main channel and subscribe and uh, follow all follow all the people on social media. Yay! And then I guess we'll see you next time or next week. Um, I had. Oh, yeah, by this recording, I'll just, one more thing. By this recording, we should have the lo-fi loop up. So that's also a thing that you Ooh. can have in the background if you want. So basically, it's me being animated, doing a bunch of different things. So if you want to listen to something that isn't my annoying voice or Lauren's nicer voice, then you can <laughs> listen to that. All, oh, I'm all sorry. It's like one of those lo-fi hip, hip-hop stu- beats yeah, to like study, relax to. Get out yeah. of town, really. <laughs> Yeah, That's, we made we made a whole one with um with like all the different animation I like. That's so, so terrific. Well it. done. I'll I'll link you when it's up. So it should be up like in a couple of days of this recording. Amazing. So we're just working out the, the, the kinks with twenty four seven live streams are hard to figure out, <laughs> let me tell you. But we did it. So <laughs> Amazing. Well done. Yeah, so um, anyway, we'll see you next time. And um, yeah, if you have any more questions, you can follow us on Twitter and yell at us and see you then. Yeah, and thank, thank you again, narrator. And thank you again, Brittany, for joining us today. My thank pleasure. You. This was fun. Yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> thank me. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.